0: Nine The Hog presents another Bob and Brian podcast. This Bob and Brian On Demand is brought to you by Marcus Theatres. There's a big difference between watching a movie and getting lost in one. Find out what Marcus Theatres means by getting tickets to a hot new release at MarcusTheaters.com. It's time to dive into the world of music with our music expert, Gary Graff. Good morning, Gary. Good morning. How are you guys?
1: We're good all good
2: sure. you know and hearing our weekly theme song it reminds me something i, I didn't uh, send up a flare about but we should definitely mention to folks this sunday on epics uh the first of four parts of a new docuseries my life is a rolling stone which comes highly recommended by well by me um but it's <laughs> four it's four parts four hourly episodes each focusing on one of the primary rolling stones so it's mick jagger this sunday and then in subsequent weeks, it's Keith, Ronnie, and Charlie Watts. It's re- a really, really good series.
0: So you've seen the whole thing already? Yeah, yeah. Okay, you got the 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 early release, the discs.
2: Yeah. And that was something that just occurred to me this morning. Didn't necessarily send up a flare on, but boy, people should watch it because it's really good.
1: Right. Each episode about an
2: hour starts, long. Or each episode's they... an hour. Starts at eight o'clock Sunday on Epics, and uh, with with you know each of the next four Sundays. Every now and then, Epix
0: or Axis will put on something that's like, that's really good. Yeah. You know, you can go there, you know, nine times out of 10 and go, eh, that's okay. Kind of what I'd expect. But every now and then, they get something and you go, that was really good.
2: Oh, yeah, which is nice. And then on Netflix, I just started last night, is a new docuseries. If, if we haven't driven Woodstock 99 into the ground enough yet, uh, they have a three-part <laughs> ser- documentary series about Woodstock 99 that's even more harrowing <laughs> than that HBO one was earlier in the year. It's called Trainwreck? Yes, yeah, it's, it's something like that.
0: Uh, they, okay. Everything about Woodstock – is worse than the last thing about Woodstock.
2: <laughs> it seems like it. You know, it's funny. I was there at Woodstock 99, and I knew it was bad and saw a lot of this stuff. But this series especially is like, wow, I didn't know that would happen. All right, and it's on
0: Netflix now, three-part
2: series. Right, yep. Just All right, it.
0: maybe I'll I'll add – I will add that to my must-watch yeah. list. Uh, let's start with the uh, old-school guy, Lou Graham. He, <laughs> hasn't been, the old school he, guy. he hasn't been happy with Foreigner for some time, but he's really unhappy
2: now. Yeah, you know, basically what happened, so it was all peace and love and everything in, like, 2017, 2018, because they were doing some shows with the original band, you know, as kind of like a special guest attraction, uh, this and that. And that kind of came to an end, and now two of the guys have passed away. Lou Graham did an interview, I don't know when he did it, but it was published this week, where, first of all, he bags all over Kelly Hansen the current singer. He basically says, Kelly's all right. he's a good singer, but all he's doing is copying me. He's not being Kelly Hanson, he's being Kelly Hanson doing Lou Graham, and he says he does Lou Graham says he doesn't take that as flattery, because, you know, every singer should do it with his own style. So that was one thing, and then they asked him about, you know, making any future special appearances with Foreigner, and, you know, Lou Graham says he he thinks that's over, and then he goes out and more or less outs Mick Jones, the founding member, you know the founder and the sole original member left in the band as his poor health he comes out and says, yeah, he's been in the hospital a lot and now when they do shows if Mick Jones is at the show, he comes out and plays plays a song and waves and says goodbye and you know bags bags him on having no original members, of foreigner on stage most of the time and uh, you know, I, I thought it was a little. It's yeah. It's one thing to have an opinion, but you know they're not talking about Mick Jones' medical condition for a reason, and it's probably not Lou Graham's place to to be talking about it.
1: Did Lou just I don't know cash out of? Does he?
2: He had bounced. Lou. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he was. Uh, right? He was. He was released. Basically, okay. he was kicked out by he Mick had health, Jones. He had health issues. Yeah. Right. He, and right, uh, he did. Yeah, and it was the same case as, like, John Anderson and Yes, and there have been a couple of these others where it's like, you know, the Army marches on and it leaves its wounded behind. Whereas, you know, with rock, rock bands, you kind of figure now we, we're all in this together, we take care of ourselves. But some of them have done that. You know, we will we will go on if you're not capable of going on with us. With us. See you later.
1: I always find that interesting. Some bands are like the cast of Law & Order, you know, from the time. By the time right. you get to the end of it, it's not anywhere near what it was in the beginning, and
0: others are...
2: Yeah.
1: Okay,
0: if, it, if Mick Jones isn't on stage, it's nobody from the original
2: Foreigner, right? Yeah, no, nobody close. How
0: many other bands are out there doing <laughs> that where there's no original members anymore?
2: With Skinner? zero original members, there aren't that many. Um, and I'm hard, I'm hard-pressed to think of who. I think depending on the version you see of the Guess Who at any given time. Sometimes the drummer's with them, but not always. Uh, Most of the bands have a cursory, either original member or or somebody who's been with it a long time and was part of the key years. Like Marshall Tucker still has one guy who was part of those key years. You know, and, and a contributing member, It's not just like, you know, some guy who didn't do anything but play the songs. I mean, it's Doug Gray. He's the writer, yeah, singer. Mm. So you know, so that's but um, and there are, there are quite a few bands who who are out there like that. The average white band, I think, it's two guys. Um, you know, the, so there but there there aren't that many where it's it's zero zilch.
0: I had to read this this line twice to make <laughs> sure I didn't get my get my lines crossed up. Vince Neil is going to make his grand old Opry debut. He made it. He He
2: did it already. Yes, you read that right. Vince Neal, Motley Crue, (laughs) Grand Grand Old Opry, all in the same sentence. It happened this past Tuesday down in Nashville. Vince has been living in Nashville for quite a while. We're kind of used to him being a Vegas guy. But I guess he's been down there in Franklin, just outside Nashville. And he sang Home Sweet Home with the Grand Old Opry house band. And uh, had a little help from another singer named Cherish Lee.
1: Did it sound what did it sound like?
2: You know, nobody nobody's claiming it was bad out there. I think Home Sweet Home with a good country with a good kind of Nashville band, you can you can be Vince Neal, you can be Bob Bryan or Gary and probably do that song pretty well in that venue. You know, with that kind of backing. So it wasn't like he was trying to do Shout at the Devil or something.
0: <laughs> this is the same grand old Opry that wouldn't let Johnny Cash have a drummer it's, on it's stage, change, right? It's,
2: the Opry's changed <laughs> it's quite a, a bit over the <laughs> years. <laughs> yeah, the, uh, although there aren't often drummers at the Opry still. You know, this is where people go. This is where established stars go to do that old thing old style shows. Is it considered
0: as big a deal if it's not Friday or Saturday night at the Opry? Cause that's when they do the shows? That's, that's when they do
2: the show. The yeah. show. Right. Um, it's, th- it's a big deal when you have something like Vince Neil making his first appearance.
1: Okay. So what's this list with all the big, uh, concerts, uh, and acts on it? Is yeah,
2: there uh, any so
1: country cool. acts on there? That I expect what the stones and, uh,
2: Springsteen, um, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. No. So this is something you know. I guess Paul, somebody, a Paul uh, you know, leading trade magazine, uh, got bored one day, and so sat down with I think it's 20, 25, 30 years of concert statistics to see, okay, over this period of time, who has who has grossed the most and who has sold the most tickets. Um, you two has sold the most tickets.
1: Really, you and, two. Yeah,
2: you two. You know. Okay. They're, you know, and we're talking about you know up, up over a billion uh, with tickets. They're number two for gross. Uh, the Rolling Stones were uh, the were the top, top four uh, for gross, um, 2.6 billion, and they've sold 22.1 uh, tickets. Other folks, you know, in the top ten, Elton John sold 1.7 billion, Springsteen 1.5 billion.
0: Springsteen's going uh, to make going to jump up to number have one with this yet. tour
2: gonna have a lot more than that now uh bon jovi had uh, a 1.32 million um, eagles 1.31 million uh, metallica 1.2 billion mccartney 1.9 billion
0: is it possible when irving azoff sees that the eagles are like in seventh place he's gonna go we weren't
2: charging enough Mm. because they go back out and they do the dynamic pricing And then rack up, rack up a few more bucks.
1: So, uh, is Kiss on that list anywhere? I would just expect them to be on the list. They
2: weren't in the, they weren't in the top twenty. So, really, there's, there's the case of a band. No, they're, I think they're in the top twenty of ticket sales, but you know, actual, actual number of tickets. But Kiss has always, to their credit, has kept their ticket prices comparatively, okay. emphasis on comparatively, uh, reasonable. Because Gene you know? loves money. He right, never,
1: loves, and I think he would if Gene he saw what money. other houses in the neighborhood were selling for, he'd <laughs> jack his price up.
2: Gene loves money, but Gene is also smart enough to know that if he prices it at a certain point, he will make more money hmm. than if he than if he goes goes for the full on grade.
1: So so who G- else is on the list? That this is uh, interesting. Who, who
2: else is on? There? I didn't mention Rod Stewart's on there. Roger Waters, Dave Matthews Band. Um, you know, just a lot of the folks who who hmm. who are pretty regulars on the road. Billy Joel's on here. You know, okay. and Billy Joel's interesting because there's a case of a guy who doesn't tour very much, but he has, you know, he has one big show every month at Madison Square Garden, and then plays like a half dozen stadium dates uh, for for big bucks. So you know, he makes, I think he's makes in a lot Pittsburgh. of money that way. I think Billy he's, Joel's
0: going to be in Pittsburgh on August 11th. I saw that on the back. Yeah, that stop. I
2: know that's his next. Stop. <laughs> when the Brewers yeah. were playing. Game well, once again, once again, it's going to be Billy, and then the next night is the Stadium Tour. Def Leppard, Motley Crue. So they, oh. and when, when it happened here in Detroit, Joe Elliott from Def Leppard got up and sang "Pour Some Sugar on Me" with Billy and his band, and then sang it the next night with his own band. So that could happen there is just, in Pittsburgh.
0: There's just nothing not to like about Def Leppard and Joe no, Elliott. I mean, those guys are just, they are loving life and not taking any of it too seriously. Nope. And
2: and putting on good shows.
0: Yeah. That's, uh, that's
2: all, you know, they, 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 they know how to do it right.
0: You know, Johnny Depp just got out of court and the Amber Heard thing and all that stuff. And now he looks like he's uh, being accused of stealing some lyrics for his yeah, new album.
2: He, he and Jeff Beck, so, you know, they've recorded this album together called 18, raised a lot of eyebrows, just, you know, it's one thing for Johnny Depp to be hanging with some of his buddies in Hollywood Vampires, but, you know, Jeff Beck is some serious credibility. So the two of them made an album called 18, and there is a song on there called Sad Mother Bleepin' Parade. The Bleepin', of course, is, is my insertion. Mm-hmm. That they they are accused of stealing the lyrics from a poem by an ex-con named Slim Wilson. Now, how how would they possibly know about this? Well, the song was called Hobo Bend. It was written by Slim while well, he was in a Missouri State penitentiary uh, for armed robbery back in the 60s. Uh, Bruce Jackson, a folklorist, interviewed um, Slim and wrote a book about, you know, about toast, basically, called Get Your Ass in the Water and Swim Like Me. And... It included this poem, this this poem slash song, whatever that Slim Wilson had done, the lyrics in the song are verbatim. The lyrics from that poem save for a couple of phrases. Well, so you know uh, you know, the author Bruce Jackson has kind of he hasn't filed any sort of suit or anything yet, but he has called out you know Johnny Depp and Jeff Beck for this and saying, you know those guys there's two lines in the whole song. That they contributed, and the rest of it is all from this Slim, this Slim Jackson poem. Well, That's, uh, Slim Wilson, sorry. Pay, pay uh, up. We'll see. We'll see what transpires. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if there is an estate or a family of Slim Wilson out there to file suit. I don't know. If, oh, I'm uh, sure
0: somebody will be there to take the check. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I mean,
2: I suppose uh, this guy Jackson, the the author, could probably, you know, Bruce Jackson. Yep because it was published in his book, he might be able to take some sort of action.
0: A couple of tour cancellations.
2: Um, coming up?
0: Brian Wilson.
2: Oh, yeah. Yeah, sorry. Uh, yeah, so this is interesting. Brian Wilson is calling off the remaining uh, summer and fall dates. Uh, no reason given. He was supposed to play in Nashville with the Ryman. Uh, the only reason given is unforeseen health reasons. Well, i got to tell you, I saw him about 10 days ago. And... You know the guy is in terrible shape it's, really? it's uh, one of my one of my sportscaster friends here texted me and said said "This is elder abuse. you know watching him on stage, almost comatose, not being able to participate, barely singing, um, barely acknowledging the band not talking to the crowd, needing a walker to come on wow. and say, get okay. out of here really it's It's sad and it's been you know it's been deteriorating. Over the years, it's, it's really sad to watch. Um, and uh, That is so, elder abuse, then, isn't it? I mean, just dragging well, this guy
0: from town to town and shoving him out on except stage. The one,
2: the one thing I do kind of know about from having spoken to him and knowing people in his camp is he wants to do this. I mean, it's probably keeping him alive to be going out, and he gets he must get something, even if he's just sitting there. Not reacting, he must be getting something from hearing his music being played around him, and he, seeing and hearing the crowd react to it. He, yeah. he clearly gets some reward from it. But yeah, you know, my God, to sit in the audience and see it is—it's it, really hard. And uh, you know, well,
1: how you know how what has to happen before people aren't entertained and instead they're horrified by? We're getting sounds like getting Gary's to that? there.
2: We're getting to that well, I'm there, we're getting to that point I, I all the people around me were saying the same thing, and like I say, I'm getting texts from yeah. friends in the crowd about how this this isn't on, and it just so happened that particular night here, the band, which is spectacular, was not on. you know, it was the last date of the tour, maybe it was fatigue, I don't know what, but they weren't as incredible as they used to be, and that only exacerbated the the pain of watching. You know, Brian Wilson not be there.
1: Well, maybe they canceled the rest of the tour because everyone just kind of realized uh, you, maybe this is and wrong. You know,
2: Wilson, and you go back and you retrench because this band should continue staying out there playing this music because they play it maybe better than the Beach Boys ever did. Yeah. They're that good. You know, well, they, have, they have all the bells and whistles, literally. Well, that's
0: not From, quite the case with uh, Lady or formerly Lady uh, Antebellum.
2: Yes. Listen. Um, this, this, of course, is you know breaking news. But so they issued a statement yesterday that they're postponing uh, their request line tour this fall to support Charles Kelly's quote journey to sobriety. Used to call it rehab. Now we call it the journey to sobriety. Uh, apparently, you know, Charles is going to deal with uh, with substance issues. You know, you say sobriety. That doesn't necessarily just mean alcohol. So, you know, and good for them. You know, this is what the smart bands do. You know, somebody's in trouble. You, you put the brakes on and sort it out and then go back and, and make him or her healthy. Yeah, so they were so, a week and, away, a week he, away. More. Yeah, less, yeah, they were going to start, start uh, August 13th in, in uh, Nashville. And, listen, he is not only a great talent, he's a, he's a very nice guy. So he's, he's, he's one of the ones you root for in all this. How's uh, Brittany's book? Uh, it's apparently done. Yeah, you know, but because of supply chain issues, right? We're out we're, of paper. Uh, which, which by the way, is affecting my next book too. Oh yeah, we're not going. We're not going to. We're not. We're not going uh, to see Britney's book probably till January of twenty twenty three. Really, so in, a, in a few months. That's when not, are we going to see your next book? Uh, Feb- February, if uh, if they cut down enough trees.
0: Uh, do you want? Do you want to tell us what it's about? Oh,
2: it's uh, it's, it's called Alice Cooper at seventy five. Oh, okay, and it's part of a new series that's just launching. Um. There's a David Bowie at 75 book coming out any old day now, and an Elton John at 75 this fall, and then the Alice will be the third book. And you'll be hearing about it, believe me. Are, All right. In fact, maybe we'll even come up there for some sort of event. <laughs> hey, hey, <laughs> okay. there you go, a little book and, signing. And you will be giving away copies, I can promise.
0: Can't wait. Uh, let's see. Ed Sheeran. It wouldn't be a week without Ed Sheeran.
2: Yeah, he uh, and and good Ed Sheeran dude. So he is the first artist to top 100 million followers on Spotify. So you can be part of a big club if you haven't started following Ed on Spotify already. He, in typical Ed Sheeran fashion. Greeted this news by doing a a Twitter video of him walking around wearing a shirt saying "Ask me about my 100 million Spotify followers," <laughs> and and you know it's clearly it's a setup. But basically, he he has all these crew members and even some fans and stuff passing him by and showing indifference to you know to the shirt, and he's like, "Hey, I have 100 million followers." <laughs> so you know it's, he handles it as he does everything else with a lot of grace and good humor
0: uh taylor uh, taylor swift and drake
2: yeah they're they got, both. They,
0: got, they were getting crushed this week because of jet travel
2: yeah yeah so um some figuring you know, something i guess deep deep important investigative reporting was done to find out about these guys jet jet travel habits uh taylor was called out for making too many flights something like uh, yeah. I thought, what was it? Uh, 170, almost, I heard. Oh, 1,100. 1, oh, it's uh, 1,184.8 1, times more than the average person's total annual oh, emissions. Okay. Anyway, but, so,
0: Taylor Swift is 1,000, whatever the percentage was, well, more, more productive than the average person. Right. She's got system. more going on. Right, well,
2: And she also, uh, they came out to say, listen, this is we lease this plane out so it's not just taylor traveling this is a full-time working jet taylor is not just doing gratuitous trips i had heard uh, that that it's her
1: jet but she rents it out and so those trips are right. counted towards
2: yeah. her but it could be it, it, it's any you know it's it's clients and things like that but they're yeah. saying you know they and you know they even compare it to like an american airlines or spirit airlines you know, jet that gets used constantly, and, you know, the figures are certainly in line with that. Uh, Drake was slammed for his private jet, taking a 14-minute flight from Toronto to Hamilton, okay, which is like, a you know, the drive off a, off a long par 5.
1: Well, sometimes um, you just got to cycle the landing gear and well, make sure
2: all the fluids are well, warm. Well, what they came out was they just said, no, the plane had to get, Drake wasn't on it. The plane had to get from Hamilton, and you can't just tow it up the road. Right, you know, you've got to fly, fly it from one, right. airport, one airport to the next. So that's their their explanation of that. Yeah, that's perfectly so sometimes, reasonable. Sometimes, yeah,
0: sometimes they are plausible explanations. I'm no Drake fan, Gary. I'm not. After that whole Toronto Bucks series <laughs> and him on the sidelines <laughs> and all that, I pile no, into him any chance we get. But really, yeah, not you know, on this
2: one. I, uh, you know. No, there's lots of other stuff to hammer him on. But <laughs> <laughs>
0: Um, is this Naomi Judd thing going to get more sad as we go on? Because now she had nothing in her will for either of
2: her daughters. Nope, she left everything to uh, her husband, Larry Strickland, uh, as the executor of the estate with no oversight and no direction. Uh, Naomi's estate is estimated to be worth $25 million.
0: So are the daughters, are Naomi and uh, um, Ashley going to challenge this,
2: or Wynonna and, and, and Ashley my, going to challenge this? My bet is no. Uh, they won't, although there was a uh, report that, that Winona in particular is upset about it because it's her mother's musical partner and the person who, you know, arguably did keep the act alive for as many years as it was, that, you know, she was probably entitled to something.
0: Well, let's face it, uh, Naomi wasn't out touring as a solo act like Winona was no. when they weren't the judge. Wynona was...
2: No, Winona kept well, no Winona kept the judge and the judge's name and everything alive. Um but it looks like and again I'm no lawyer, I just play one on the radio, but it looks like, I mean, you I mean you can challenge anything in court, but this looks pretty ironclad, you know. Naomi did everything she is allowed to do in determining how she wants her estate to be handled. This'll
1: so, be another
2: you know,
0: this will be another book from Winona.
2: Oh, probably, maybe a maybe a song or two. And you know, you know, Winona's still going out this fall on what was going to be the Judd's farewell tour. Um so that you yeah. know, it'll be interesting to see what she has to say about mom uh while well, she's playing these shows.
0: You want to finish up with Beyonce?
2: Uh we could, yeah. A lot went on uh with Beyonce during the uh during the past week, of course a week ago. Uh today she released a new album, Renaissance, headed for a number one debut debut right now in its first three days of sale, it was the fourth fastest-selling debut of the year after albums by Harry Styles, BTS, and Kendrick Lamar. And again, that was after just three days. Meanwhile, uh, she had to remove a, the word spaz from the song Heated after getting clapped back for it being ableist language. Um, you know, just a lot of people took offense to that. Then she had to take the Khalif sample away from the track Energy because uh, it's because she hadn't gotten permission from Khalees to do that sample. It was from Khalees' song, Milkshake. Um, Khalees is claiming victory now. You know, you know, She is saying that, listen, we, you know, Beyonce and I are acquaintances. When you're going to sample somebody's song, you reach out and you ask them. It's just fair and proper. Mm-hmm. Uh, Khalees is blaming Pharrell, who I think was a former boyfriend, and he produced the track, and he was saying that, you know, and she, Khalees, is saying that this was him getting back at her. You know, by just dropping the sample into the song. But she's apparently having the last laugh. Uh, Monica Lil Lewinsky has asked Beyoncé to take a reference to her out of uh, one of the songs. And Monica then, just
0: saw the opportunity. Hey, if you're going to start changing lyrics, you want to pull me out of that
2: song, pull, too? Pull me out and all that. say the By, by, by the, the way, lyrics. did I tell you I have a docuseries out, too? Yeah. And, uh And then Diane Warren, you know, the songwriter, uh, posted something online. Not so much a diss but pointing to one of the songs on the album and saying, there are 24 writers credited on this song. How does that happen? Explain it to me. And she even <laughs> says, she said, I'm not, I don't mean this is shade, I'm just curious. It is, of course, shade, though, when another songwriter says, listen, I can write a song by myself. Why are there two dozen people <laughs> writing me? I don't know how two dozen uh, people- you know,
1: We don't know the process. You know. So,
2: yeah, none of this is going to keep you know, Beyonce's album from, from being number one or from probably being the... Having the best first week sale of the year. Oh, it will help. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's absolutely. You know, it's getting getting it talked about. So, and I suspect we'll see her on the road sometime in twenty twenty three.
0: I mean, you're a writer, Gary. How could you possibly write something with twenty three other people? How do you collaborate with twenty three other
2: people? I have trouble writing it with the three people in my head. I mean, you know, much less. <laughs> uh, yeah, much less bringing in other actual people.
0: <laughs> All right. Gary, you enjoyed that. That was a ton of music news.
2: We got we, we got a lot in there. Tons. You're, uh,
1: and your pirates are murder, man. Yeah.
2: Well, for you know maybe against the Brewers.
1: Yeah, yeah so they So much have against
2: been. the rest of the baseball world. All right.
0: Who's your starting quarterback going to be in Pittsburgh this year?
2: Oh, I don't know. I don't. Know. I'm I'm curious to watch that as well. I mean, you can make you can make a case for there's three guys basically. I uh, probably Trubisky. It's not going to be um, Mason Rudolph, right? I don't think so, no. I think Trubitsky gets it, but um, we'll see when uh, what's his name, the rookie, uh you know, gets his shot. All right. Well we'll we'll see which one of our guys goes for the psychedelics to make themselves better.
0: Oh my god. Yeah, right. <laughs> I don't even like I don't even like talking about our quarterback in music news. There you go. <laughs> well
2: psychedelics get are a good throwback to hate Ashbury and uh and you know, very, the late sixties, so it's a little bit of rock Berkeley. and roll.
1: All right. Thanks, Gary. Have a great weekend.
2: You too. All
0: right. Talk to you next week. Bye-bye.